Welcome back to Hotbox Heroes, and today this is the Hotbox Heroes Talking Anime. So today on the pod, we won't switch it up. We're not talking Marvel. We're not talking DC. We're talking anime. And with that being said, we're going to talk about one of the most legendary animes, the forefathers for a bunch of different animes, you know, protagonists such as Naruto, Sasuke, you know, it. It opened the door for a lot of new gen protagonists and antagonists. But more specifically, you know, let's talk about anime fans in general before we go to the subject of Naruto. You know, we have our anime watchers, our anime only watchers. Then we have our anime watchers slash manga readers. And then we only have our only manga readers. You know... I respect all walks of life, whatever anime style you choose to watch or read, you feel me? I love it, because at the end of the day, we all trying to immerse ourselves in that universe. But, to anime watchers only, like, bro, you're missing out on so many stuff that is going on in the universe. And to manga readers, bro, animation studios have been going crazy, especially recently. With One Piece, Mappo been fucking the game up. Toy animation been going crazy too. So, you know, I would say, you know, give the anime a watch. I know sometimes the anime takes a more creative control and, you know, disrespects the manga. Promise Neverland, for example, but, you know, Tokyo Ghoul also. But it's okay because... Well, it's not okay. I'm sorry I lied to y'all. My fault. It's not okay. Manga creators, you know, they've been pushing AP. Anime creators, they just, I don't know what they doing for us. But, yo, basically the point is, manga readers, watch the anime. Anime readers, read the manga, bro. Feel me? Enlighten. Watch. It's beautiful. You're just, it's only gonna enhance your viewing experience, and it's only going to enhance your knowledge of the universe. With that being said, we're back to Naruto, and I'm focusing on Naruto Shippuden, more specifically, the Obito intro. And my thoughts on Obito, this is my fault, y'all. I'm kind of rushing, but I don't need to. I'm just very passionate about Naruto. But today, you know, it's a little point five, a little dolly episode. So, you know, roll your spliff, follow along, and we just go on and talk about it. Email me if you know have different thoughts and opinions on Naruto. What's up with it? Let me know. So the original Team Seven. The original Team Seven we may think would be Sasuke, Naruto, and Sakura, but from you know watching. Naruto Shippuden, and especially that Obito background, and those Obito uh, intro episodes, where they go into the background of Kakashi, and Rin, and Minato. So they, the original Team 7, Kakashi, Obito, and Rin. But, wow, just to see that Kakashi been trying to replicate one of those teams for how long, and then he finally got luck with Naruto, Sasuke, and Sakura. But OG Team 7, Kakashi, Obito, Rin. 
If you disagree, let me know. But, you know, Kakashi, son of the White Fang, you know, he's... Kakashi is a menace. Even before Sharingan, he, he, he was in the paint. Obito, you know, he's Obito. He's, I would like to say, more so a, a Sharingan version of Naruto, you know... Because they kind of share the same ideals, especially in the beginning. But, you know, towards when we see Obito in the battlefield, that's when we see the separation of comparisons between Naruto and Obito. Then Rin. Rin, I would say, is ten times more useful than Sakura. If you feel a way, you feel a way. But Rin is way better than Sakura. So now we go into... Obito's intro is one of the wildest shit to ever hit anime on God, so if you disagree, let me know, but let's just take some examples for a second. In the, let's just talk about one of the most craziest moments, the one where Obito got nerfed, but then, you know, we see him come back, but the nerfing of Obito. If we really think about it and sit down for a second, Kakashi was the one that was going to get murked by the boulder obito stopped reversed his steps got kakashi threw him away from all the boulders and then proceeded to get smashed by the boulder which is crazy you feel me especially that age where they like 10 12 maybe 13 body by boulder bro it's it's kind of sick when kakashi and rin realize that you know obito has been nerfed by boulder and you hear Obito say one of the realest shit that I've ever seen said by somebody who got murked by a boulder. He told Kakashi, yo, bro, thank you basically for coming back for your partner. You are a great Jonin. You are a great ninja. You feel me? He had the Kakashi had that self-doubt in him placed by the burden of his father from the people's perspective of his father. So, you know, Kakashi was always indecisive in that matter. But Obito came and told him, nah, bro, you're sanctioned, you're Gucci. Then he he was like, yo, I forgot that I never was able to give you a gift for, you know, making Jonin. And that kind of hurt because, yo, bro, my son never really gave him a gift. But at the same time, you know, he was supposed to be his partner slash rival, you feel me? Obito goes on to say, Kakashi, I have a gift for you finally. And it is my left eye, bro. He gave him his Sharingan eye as a gift in the middle of a battlefield where he knows that I know we we wouldn't think Obito would come back alive. I'm pretty sure Kakashi, Ren, nobody saw Obito coming back after that. But he gave Kakashi his eye. So respect, you feel me? Respect. I got nothing but kind words for that, Obito. Then, let's go in a little after where we see Kakashi and Rin leave. They go back to the village, whatever it may be. It kind of fast forwards to Obito is now in Madara's hideout. Um, it's unclear that Madara came and saved him or Zetsu came and saved him. A little note, a little side note on Zetsu is... That, honestly, he really, between Zetsu and Madara, they kind of forefathered the Naruto universe. Zetsu really had some authority, I'm not gonna lie. 
because I say that because we see that the relationship between Zetsu, the white Zetsu especially, and Obito, you feel me? We see those two Zetsus, the one that's, I know, it's, it's kind of retarded. I also agree it's retarded, but the one that's fascinated with poop. Like, what the fuck, but it is what it is. But yeah, especially that spiral-looking Zetsu. Obito and him had a special relationship, because if you really think about it, Obito was down there in Madara's lair for, I want to say, at least maybe five-plus years. Just trying to regain his strength, maneuverability, plus ninja skills. And he's doing that dolly. Obito is doing that dolly to get back on a level as same as Kakashi. Dolly. So respect. And we also see that the, Z the Zetsu connection between Obito and Zetsu, it's, it's being created. Which leads me into one of the beastiest parts of that episode. Where Obito really broke out of Madara's hideout and went on the most insane track and field run ever. Ever. To hit us, to hit anime, especially us. You know, I want to say Naruto is PG-13, but, you know, looking back at it, especially after watching that Obito's track and field run, that is some rated R shit right there. So Sun broke out, and let's just... Uh, another side note, Sun broke out because Zetsu sanctioned it. Madara, he just went along with it, probably because Zetsu sanctioned it. But Zetsu was like, yo, let the boy go and try to help who he gotta help. Or let the boy go outside and, and take care of what he needs to, you feel me? Which, not respect, like, I'm not saying Zetsu is the best character. I'm just saying, I respect that Zetsu respected that kid's spirit of Obito to let him go outside and help his friends. Especially when the other Zetsu, the spiral-looking Zetsu, offered up his own body for Obito to go outside and do what he has to get done. So respect. You know, I feel like that was not looked upon as much as we should have. But Obito is now outside. He's on the track and field run. We also saw a little glimpse of Madara's arsenal where he just basically had all his Sage's Six Path tools hanged up, ready to go from whenever he's reincarnated. I would say, you know, this moment for Obito is a moment of silence because it was, it was real pain, agonizing pain, to be honest. It was, the animator went crazy. Manga artist went stupid insane on that run, bro. Because let's analyze the situation. Obito is now on the battlefield. And the first thing he sees when he arrives on the battlefield is Kakashi back out his Chidori into Ren's body, bro. Now knowing the context we have that I think it was the Hidden Rain or the Hidden Mist that had uh, taken Ren hostage. But not only taking Rin, they put in, I believe, I want to say the Three Tails into Rin. And wanted to send her back to Leaf Village so the Three Tails could come out and basically, you know, damage the Leaf. So Kakashi was sent out to take care of that. And while taking care of that, Rin had put him on to the knowledge that, yeah, she got the Three Tails in her. 
It's gonna come out soon. She's trying her best to hold it back. Kakashi, you gotta try to save me. And the only way at that time that they knew how to be saved was for for Kakashi to Merc Rin, his best friend and only surviving member of the original Team 7. That in itself deserves a lot of clarity and we got to give respect to Kakashi because that's not an easy thing. That's definitely not an easy thing to take on one of your own mans in the name of love, bro. It's who oh, oh, pressure. But back to Obito. So that's the first thing he saw on his track run there when he got there. We see him basically after, you know, seeing the image of Rin dead. Because, you know, he loved Rin. Rin was one of his best friends. And Kakashi was one of his best friends. That kind of led him to his, I'm going to call it an emotional outbreak. You know, especially when we're young like that, it's very hard to process things properly and understand how to process it. So, Obito had his little emotional outbreak where he basically went on a one-man streak. I want to say he probably took out like 50 bodies right there and then, to be honest. But we also see how the training paid off, but also the intensity of his attacks and training. Because remember, Obito is still not fully healed. You know, his body is now in the first transitions of becoming like a better body. You know, shout out to Zetsu for at least giving him that extra protection. Oh, we see Obito start unlocking new moves on every and anybody that pushes close to him. And we also see him unlock the wood jutsu, which was insane. Obito being the one to really unlock wood jutsu is, is insane, knowing that Hashirama at that time was the only one that had done it. Bless up to Obito. I'm sad that he went the way he did, but bless up. After, you know, he murked some of the hidden reigns, enemies, and stuff like that, we see Obito just make a beeline to Rin because they wanted to take Rin's body back. For I really don't know why, probably to extract the three tails back out. Who knows? But Obito's like, nah. And, bruh, when I tell you, we see him use the full potential of his, of his Sharingan, of his Mangeku ability. Bro, imagine having to be able to throw your own body in a different dimension while people trying to attack you. Like, you know, I want to say that him unlocking that Sharingan ability, I know like he already had it and his other eye had the ability to put stuff in the dimension, but... Just that ability alone is OP as fuck, but also, you know, that ability, I believe, was only gained through the pain and agony he had to go through. For example, saving himself from the boulder, he had to phase some of his body into that different state to be able to survive the boulder. So that, that move was unlocked through just straight pain and agony. And especially to unlock more of his full potential on the battlefield was crazy. Which leads me to another statement. It may be a hot take, but Obito, after securing Rin's body and trying to digest the scenario, he looks up for a second and he realizes that there is a multitude of enemy shinobi that are scared of him, but also ready to murk him. Because we got to remember, this is war. Ain't no 
ain't no time for emotion and crying on the battlefield, which just gives me gives more power to Obito, to be honest, because then we see him really unlock full animal, full beast mode, instant kill to the most highest degree. He mercs everybody, wood style, he puts up a whole forest of just bodies. And, you know, we gotta understand that, what else was he to do, you feel me? And then we see one of the most iconic lines to me in Naruto is, he realizes that he was spawned back in a way in hell, and he's living in hell. Imagine, bro. That's one of the most beastiest storyline arcs in Naruto. And on the episode after, it kind of goes on to Madara giving us one of the most insane monologues explaining to Obito that in this society of shinobi and the errors of the shinobi world, the only thing that's passed on is the sense of war, death, and killing. And I'm going to put all that into a section I call phasoing. It's just a cycle of phasoing after next. And what keeps that cycle going is that, you know, for example, say somebody from the leaf mercs my parents, God forbid, but then I'm going to be on get back timing and merc the rest of the leaf. And that's only going to inspire just more hate on both sides and fuel that cycle of war over generations. Well, because then, of course, I'm going to tell my kids, yo, bro, the leaf killed your grandparents. So if you see him. It's on site. And that's basically how the Naruto world kept going. Through errors. Through mad Hokages. It just kept the cycle of hate. War. Pain. Which was kind of forefathered by Madara. But let's also talk about how. On the episode after Obito's wildest intro. That we see Obito introduced to Nagato. And we see the sp- the sparks of the Akatsuki be formed. Not only did Madara just place his Renegon in some little kid, this man is so strategic that he put it into a Senju, knowing that this man is going to have amplitude amount of chakra. And not only we could say just put him into a Senju that's just chilling, one that's in war, so he will be able to unlock the full potential of the Renegon. Which was also... I want to say Nagato and Akatsuki, they were forefathered by Obito most of all because, you know, Obito kind of gave Nagato the first sparks of, you know, pain is the cycle and the only way to end the pain is to, to really put in more pain so you could negate everybody else's pain, basically. We see what happened. We see the Akatsuki were set up by Danzo and... And for anybody that's saying Danzo is your favorite character from Naruto and Naruto Shippuden, I want to tell you right now, fuck that. Danzo is a bitch. I have no respect for anybody that has the mythology or thinking wavelength as Danzo because that's pure bitch. He was a bitch from the beginning. I understand that I want to say it was the third Hokage. That was his man's. And maybe because he had that early relationship with him, he didn't want to boom him on sight. But I'll tell you right now, Donzo, bitch, he had to die. I like that Sasuke came in and put in that work. But if he's your favorite character, email like actual reasons why. Because 
I, I'm not I'm not sanctioning that. So we see we seen that Donzo and I wanna say Hanzo, he set the Koski up and basically told Nagato you gotta kill your man's Yahiko offered himself up basically and then we see the creation of true pain. It's crazy to really think that we were watching this at I want to say five to ten years old you know that story and it's it, it hit us back then but especially now looking at it at an older perspective with all the knowledge we gained about life and especially our own society how much it relates and you know it just ponders in my head that true pain is is felt crazy and for anybody to make a connection with anybody on that type of level you gotta understand each other's pain which i think is overlooked more so because pain was put as a bad guy i'm not saying what he did was just but i'm saying that pain you know pain is something so so impactful but yet so fragile you know and we got to understand that even in this society we're in right now, present day, the powers that may be are controlling, especially American society with that pain because they know how fragile and impactful that that could be over a person. And that's what Madara capitalized on to get his way. And that's what's been capitalized on us. So the powers that may be could get their way. You know, Madara helped blind the Naruto civilization and we're blinded by the powers that may be. But in those societies, we see an Obito come out, you feel me? And Obito's track record, bro, it's, it's one that is has really never been seen before, I'm not gonna lie, or after, because... I'm going to be very honest, not only did Obito go on one of the most insane track and field runs on his intro debut, his real intro debut, he also helped Itachi go on his track and field run. This man went on two runs, bro. Who else is doing that? Who, what other anime is showing me one man putting in this much pain, bro? He not only killed everybody on the battlefield that took away Rin, he went and killed every Uchiha, which... It's just, wow, bro, like, what more can I say to that? Is he not top 10? Is he really not top 10? Especially Kid Obito? I dare say that, you know, I'll understand in the realm of DBZ that, you know, Super Saiyan, Kamehameha is all that, but let's just say Kid Gohan didn't have the Kamehameha and, you know, just little energy blast, bro. Would Kid Obito and Kid Gohan be one of the beastiest matchups in the world, bro? Because the facts made, the facts at hand is just like, yo, Obito is a menace. Unlocked his Mangeku Sharingan at like 12, bro. On the battlefield. Unlocked Wood Jutsu. Did all that. And his body withstood to the pressures he was putting it on. So that's just even more, more just intricacies to Obito, bro. He's half man, half Zetsu. And then to think about how Madara really used this man as a pawn, 
Well, well, Madara basically used every character in Naruto as a pawn, to be honest. Except Naruto, because, you know, he got the Nine Tails main character, you feel me? And Sasuke main character type shit. You know, we can't. Those are just emphasis of plot, you know? You can't break the plot armor. But regardless of the plot armor, Obito menace, blinded by Madara men. And it just raises the question... What if Obito was never took in by Madara? Maybe if he was taken away by one of the legendary Sonin or just some some other village with just a little happier meaning behind getting Obito back to a good fighting state. It could have been different. Obito probably could have been a Hokage if we really want to talk about it. Because I... You know, Obito just has skill, bro. He has skill and talent. Whether the skill and ta talent came after Boulder or before, I feel is is like that. That doesn't matter to the equation. You feel me? Because what we know is Obito is walling in the paint in every battle. Especially you zoom up to the war, where it's him and Kakashi, bro. They were basically on equal footing until the end. End until the that like the. The end, and then we see Obito back out Tentail. So, did Obito kind of win in the Obito versus Kakashi? Kind of. Kind of. I'm not gonna lie. It's Tentails. Like, what are you gonna do to six a Sage Pass Obito, bro? And more onto that, seeing Obito go into six a Sage Pass is like just crazy because when we're introduced to Sage of Six Paths, we. We see him in one type of way, and that's the only, I want to say that is the only, like, visual thing we have to judge other Sage of Six Paths off. But to see that every Sage of Six Paths can be different, and Obito being probably, what, the second one? Or the third? I forgot if Madara unlocked it first, or, or what, whoever did, but second or third variation, Obito was booming, bro. Booming. You can't tell me not. And if you are telling me not, email. Because he was booming, bro. Every day, all day. But yeah, you feel me? Naruto. Uh, Obito arc. Especially Obito intro. I urge y'all to roll that spliff. Pack that bomb. Hit the dab. Whatever way you prefer to hit your hit. And watch that Obito intro scene. And really take time to digest the monologues being said because, bro, the intensity of those words was, it hit me so hard, bro. So hard. Because the just, even the relation to it has to yourself, your own situations, and societal situations placed upon you, those words have so much meaning. You know, Madara OG, his monologues was just teaching Obito, bro. And I want to say maybe a little shout out to Madara because, you know, I understand that he was blinded by Madara and, and you know, seeing the future of the war, you know, basically everybody was a pawn. But if Obito could have got his mental state out of being a pawn for Madara, Especially when after Madara had put him on to 
his clan and gave him the knowledge of Hashirama. Basically, Madara gave Obito the backstory and what he intends to do and how to do it to Obito and basically entrusted Obito to be the next order of Madara. Which, you know, I, I think we got to look at that more in depth because Madara really sanctioned Obito to be the next him. What more do you need? Madara was top one menace in the whole of Naruto. For him to have a Padawan and it for it to be Obito? Like, bro, what more do you need for the argument that Obito is not, is my fault, is like top five, bro? Definitely top five. Especially kid Obito, bro. Older Obito, you know, that's just age, time, hate, all impressed onto his heart, you know? But Kid Obito, stupid, going crazy, bro. If you not jacking it, let me know. Then, I want to go on to another anime real quick. And it's a new gen anime. But it's been out for a minute. And we know the basis of what good anime is. For example, Naruto, Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Shampoo, Samurai Jack. Boondocks, you know, we know how to judge anime from the greatness we've seen. And My Hero Academia, if you ask me to put it on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to say 7.5 to 8. And I say that because we have not seen the completed version of My Hero Academia. So I can't judge a book by its cover, you feel me? I need to see what's behind the book. But also, I also need to see how the creator pushes this little arc. And spoilers ahead, if you haven't seen My Hero Academia, I urge y'all to watch it. If you're looking for a superhero versus supervillain world dynamic, it's one of the best right now. So, my questions, especially you guys, if you have the answers or if you have more questions and want some answers, let me know. Email me. But my questions are All Might. What is the role All Might is going to play? I, I believe I've seen that All Might gets a little costume now, a new design to go into this war arc to help Deku, and he puts in pain. But, like, what is All Might's part in this war now? And if he does go down, when he does. Would his avatar state go into uh, one for all and then give Deku that boost of super strength? Because All Might's version of one for all was that hope factor. You know, he had indestructible strength and body. Would that also transition to Deku now, you feel me? If All Might is indeed gone after his battle. Shigaraki, our next main character. Would Shigaraki ever get back to his normal form? Would Shigaraki take the mantle for all for one and and start a new society? Because the track record I'm trying to look at right now is that Deku, I believe, you know, at the end of the day, Deku is going to beat Shigaraki, but is it going to be on some? I beat you and Shigaraki is done for, he mercs him, or is it... That Deku and Shigaraki would now try to 
forge a new civilization, a new society based on the powers they have. You know, because all for one, you know, he, he's basically blinded and using Shigaraki as his pawn. So without the influence of all for one, would Shigaraki be or even consider it on the table to help Deku? You feel me? Because Deku right now, he's he's not giving up on Shigaraki. He still wants to help remove the influence of all for one. So hopefully that happens. Uh, Red Riot is another character that I think you guys should look at, pay a little importance to, because his intro arc was also beastie. You know, when he was fighting with Fat Gum against, I forgot who it was, those, that dynamic duo, that shield and spear combination. Great animation. But, yeah, those are just some questions I have personally that I'm waiting to be answered when the anime drops and I further my collection and i want to say for the manga readers out there let me know where you get your manga i specifically get my most of the time from barnes and nobles barnes and nobles sponsor the kids let's do a collab but i got tons of books from barnes and nobles bro they've been out here you know my my hero academia collection is probably like 20 books right now so, yeah, one of my favorite covers, especially for manga readers, let me know what your favorite cover art is. I would say some of mine are Book 11 of My Hero Academia. Cover art is fire. I want to say maybe Book 8 of One Piece, fire. All of One Punch Man's cover art, fire. Same with Naruto, fire. Chainsaw Man just took it to a different different level fire but yeah you know let me know what panels are your favorite let me know what what is your favorite anime especially your favorite anime to collect and guys with that being said this was a point five i have more point fives coming out where we are going to talk different anime and more in depth on the topic especially one piece because I know we all in that Wano arc right now, and I'm going to do a little recap and give my thoughts and opinions, especially try to answer some theories that been asked. That'll be on a future episode, but yeah, guys, so thank you for tuning in. Remember, I got a giveaway coming up. Basically, it's going to drop with this episode. It's going to be open for two weeks. With that being said, the way to enter the giveaway is to email me back. Email me whatever you want. If you just want to say hi, just say hi. I'm going to say hi back. You feel me? But as soon as you email me back, your email will be entered in the giveaway. And after that two-week mark, it will be randomly selected. And whoever, you know, wins, you're going to get a comic from my personal collection, which I'll be happy for whoever gets it. So, yeah. You feel me? Email me back. Get yourselves entered in the giveaway. And... Next time I really speak about the giveaway, it's going to be when we have a winner. So I'm pretty excited for that. I'm pretty excited for you guys to be able to have the chance. I will be doing more different giveaways from comics collectibles to anime collectibles and just straight, you know, maybe you might get a Dragon Ball DVD. You never know. We got the heat. We got the action. And this is Hotbox Heroes. So job bless.
be great. I love y'all.